Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Real herbs, real life, real easy. Now, a word from our sponsor. This show is brought to you by Hunter Creation, helping you find print and online marketing solutions that fit your needs. Visit them at huntercreation.com. This year, the modern herbal dispensatory sold like hotcakes, hitting the Amazon bestseller lists straight away and already into its second printing. Partly, these times are demanding the healthcare that comes with natural DIY approaches. In all honesty, though, this herbal guide truly is a must-have. Today, we're talking with author and clinical herbalist Thomas Easley about his bestseller, his school, and his path into herbalism. Now your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. Welcome, Thomas. Welcome. Hi there. <laughs> it's so wonderful to have you here today. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you taking time away from your very busy schedule, not only teaching, but doing your clinic. And then I understand not only are you enjoying the success of Modern Herbal Dispensary, this book that came out, but you've got other irons in the fire. Yeah, I'm attempting to rewrite uh, uh, my first book that I co-authored five years ago, and uh, I thought it was going to be a simple update, and it turns out it's a complete rewrite. So, <laughs> And that's a book that you wrote also with Stephen Horn, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, it covers uh, over 500 conditions and uh, gives you like a brief understanding of what's going on, and then um, breaks uh, the treatments down into uh, therapies, which are all you know diet lifestyle based and uh, herbal formulas, single herbs uh, and uh, nutrients. So the concept in that one is uh, uh, people that want to use commercially available formulas can find one that like fits their particular uh, disorder, but it also gives you pretty good insight into how other herbalists put together formulas. So I like it. It's a handy handy resource if I'm doing a distance consult with somebody and mm-hmm. I want them to run down to their health food store. But it's getting a complete overhaul. Wow. It sounds like it'll be a perfect partner for the modern herbal dispensatory. I that's kind of my my goal. Um, I I hope that it can be. There's uh, not another uh, herbal reference book out there in that same genre. You know, you have like the prescription for nutritional healing, uh, but mm-hmm. that's not really written by herbalists or for herbalists. So right, the box series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are great ones, but yeah, this will. I really look forward to that one coming out. Well, you better better put. Put your foot on the gas for that, because now that we know it's coming. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping by uh, this Christmas. Um, really? Yeah. Christmas we'll of be... 2017. I've said it aloud, so now it's real. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> real. Oh, oh crap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that, that's the hope. So we'll see how it goes. Okay. Wow. I'll be looking forward to that. One of the things I'd like to know is, can you talk a little bit about what is eclectic? Yeah. So um, uh, eclecticism is a philosophy dating back to the Greeks, and uh, it had uh, kind of fallen out of favor favor until the um, the new botanical movement uh, starting in the early 1800s. And uh, this group of uh, people who loved uh, Samuel Thompson's work and using uh, North American plants for North American problems, uh, but wanted to incorporate 
um, you know, anatomy and physiology and medical sciences basically created a school of medicine and they were originally the reformed botanical movement. And then they, uh, called themselves the, uh, eclectic, uh, botanical movement and eventually eclectic physicians. And, uh, so their philosophy was uh, in the, the same school of eclecticism philosophy dating back to the Greeks. And that is, uh, no dogma, use what works. And uh, so uh, none of the other schools of medicine in the 1800s liked them because uh, they, uh, they, would say, they, they, they would say borrowed, but they basically stole all of the best parts of, uh, you know, <laughs> neo-Thompsonian or Thompsonian then and physiomedicalism and uh, uh, homeopathy and osteopathy and naturopathy and like anything that came along that had usable parts, they uh, worked it into their system of medicine so um so they weren't I really, purists they yeah they weren't purists they were they, thinking globally yeah they were thinking globally and uh i um my school is the eclectic school of herbal medicine not because i practice based on their system of medicine but because i like their ideology i like their you know like use whatever works. It doesn't matter what system it comes from, uh, modern biomedicine or homeopathy or flower essences or essential oils or TCM or Ayurveda or Unani Tib or whatever it is. Um, it, you know, medicine is medicine. As long as it works, it's good medicine and use it. And so that's kind of been my uh, philosophy since before I could put that into words. Hmm. So you can you tell me a little bit about what your school is like? It's the Eclectic School of Herbal Medicine. It what, is. It's a physical school. It's a physical school. Yeah, we have um, a full-time 11-month-long residency program where students spend 20 hours a week in class plus clinic outside of class assignments. Um, it's... You know, we do an application process for everybody and basically try to, like, scare them away from the school because mm -hmm. uh, it's a really intense program. And mm -hmm. so my school is located uh, in North Carolina at a former boys camp that closed down in 2010 for funding reasons. Mm -hmm. And it's on a 500-acre uh, botanical sanctuary. And uh, well, we have – yeah, we have lodging for um, for twenty people right now, and so wait, we're people adding, are living there. Yeah, yeah, Whoa. we have we have private cabins, dorm rooms, private rooms. Uh, we're adding thirty six beds this year in tent cabins. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's a live on site, um, full time herbal program. It's about a forty hour a week commitment, and then. I have um, a online program geared towards practitioners uh, that's just a part-time program as well. Uh, I, when I started my herb school in 2010, it was uh, because uh, I was bored and uh, I thought, hey, I could sit on my front porch and talk about herbs for a weekend and mm -hmm. people might want to pay me for that. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> and oh, how right you were. It's just that and, now you're, you're – front porch has acreage yeah right and so i did like the one weekend a month thing for a few years and i started taking interns in and uh, these interns would like live on my farm and follow me to work and make medicine and see clients with me 
And what I realized is uh, like six months of doing it full time and they were as good and in some cases better than people that had been doing my program one weekend a month for three years. Wow. And, uh, you know, it, it occurred to me like some for some people doing an intensive is the best way to learn. You, know, you can totally go to your local community college uh, and uh, take classes and learn Spanish or you can move to Guatemala for a few months and learn Spanish. Yeah, that's um, true. So uh, when we had the opportunity to relocate from Alabama to North Carolina, because this property came up for sale, um, it was just like the dream. My my wife was uh, actually a counselor here in the early 2000s for a couple of years when it was a, a camp for troubled teens. It was basically an alternative to, uh, you know, juvie hall. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did wilderness therapy. And like since our first date, my wife talked about this place. Wow. And uh, I was sitting on my porch drinking coffee. And she came in one morning a few years ago and said pictures of the camp. And I, I knew what she was talking about. And uh, mm-hmm. she had her, her laptop and she showed me these pictures. And I realized that it was a uh, for sale ad. And uh, I read the ad and I turned to her and said, we should buy that. And uh, her jaw hit the floor and she never at once disagreed with me. And it, <laughs> it took, a, you know, six months to figure out how to convince the sellers that, you know, we couldn't pay them anything, but we wanted to move to the property. And uh, it's been one heck of a journey since then. That's pretty amazing. I was going to ask about why Low Gap, North Carolina, of all uh-huh. places, but that really sums it, it up. It's the property. Yeah. I I came up and looked at this place and uh, it was just like, you know, since 1978, this camp had been running uh, and rehabbing with wilderness therapy um, boys. And uh, and uh, the the space was set up, the facilities were set up. But like more importantly than that, like you're immersed in nature and uh, One of the reasons I wanted uh, facilities is uh, I felt like the only way I could run somebody through a year-long intensive in herbal medicine was to have them, when they weren't sitting in in class or in clinic, was to have them immersed in nature. Because there's this, like, difficult transition between, like, muggle to magician. And, uh, (laughs) and, you know, like... That's something that nature facilitates really well. And uh, so, yeah, this was the perfect setting. And so I uh, packed up. I I kept my place in Alabama. I'm actually like sixth generation on the farm in Alabama. My family sharecropped it in the 1800s until they could buy it. And um, so I love Alabama and uh, I love that I started my school there and that my practice was, you know, full time for 13 years in South Alabama. And, uh, um, but I'm also, uh, I've also fallen in love with the mountains. So. Nice. So what does it look like there compared to where you were? What does South Alabama look like to what you've got there? What kind of plants and things like that? Or temperature, yes, I'm sure is completely different. Yeah, completely different. So South Alabama is a coastal plains. Um, I lived uh, 65 miles from the coast um, and uh, lots of sand and uh, pine trees. 
and uh, now we are uh, living in the on the first named mountain in the Blue Ridge Range, Saddle Mountain. And uh, our property is like literally half of the mountain, the um, the southeastern half of Saddle Mountain is uh, the home for the school. And uh, so we are northern, you know, northeastern woodland forest here, like the plants that I could never grow in a million years in South Alabama are just rampant weeds here. Yeah. We, we're putting in hiking trails and we're having to relocate trilliums and cohoshes and bloodroot and, uh, you know, just it's absolutely beautiful. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fabulous. So is that that transition that it happened around the same time when you decided to get some work done on your book? Yeah, um, uh, we had been here about not not quite a year. And uh, it was my first full time program. And we had five students in my first full time program. And, uh, you know, they were responsible for making all of the medicines going out of our free clinic. And so like literally every day people would come in and ask me, well, what percentage of alcohol on this one? Well, what what ratio? And uh, we'd have books scattered everywhere and have to hunt it down and look it up. And uh, uh, I had my notebook of formulas and uh, my experiments. And uh, so uh, I decided that I would just write it all in one place. And uh, um, my uh, teacher, mentor, friend, Stephen Horn had a uh, small medicine making manual that he had been using to teach classes out of for 25, 30 years. And uh, um, I said, hey, we, you know, we wrote a a book together um, already. Do you want to do another one on medicine making? And he said, sure, here's my manual. Why don't you take it and see what you can do with it? And so I started working on that and uh, um, got a rough draft done in about four months and then spent the next, oh, probably uh, 10 or 12 months tweaking and refining and uh, adding pictures and putting in charts and uh, stuff like that. So, Oh, yeah. Some of the charts are amazing. I have to say, page 64 and 65, all you readers... You don't want to mark those. Those are some oh really good charts. I don't. I don't have a copy of the book here. I don't know which chart that is. <laughs> that would be the charts on the amount of herbs and menstrums. The oh yeah, you know, weight to var- various solvents, yeah. standard weights to volume ratios. That's the kind of stuff so he's all helpful. the time. So helpful. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I did particularly love the section where you um, break down the basics of a formula. The, oh yeah. I we had a Chinese herbalist Zoe Zoe Fallion who came on last year and mm-hmm. she talked about the the Chinese method which is very much like the one that you've got here mm-hmm. with the key herbs she called them the king or the emperor and the advisors which are the supporting herbs and I can't remember the name of the other the two balancing but the balancing the and catalyst. Yeah. yeah. Well, my first teacher, you know, and you have to keep in mind South Alabama, my first teacher uh, called, uh, you know, formulation theory or she explained formulation theory basically like uh, you need a sheriff, a couple of deputies and at least one secretary to keep things running. There you go. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, to me, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Absolute perfect sense. It takes yeah. a village to raise a formula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. yeah, I totally agree. And, uh, you know, formulation is one of my passions. I, um, I have this like weird uh, synesthesia thing with formulation. Like um, I, so I spent a lot of time tasting herbs and like just sitting down and uh, spending 15 minutes tuning into, okay, what am I really tasting when I try this tea? Well, how does that change when I decoct it? And how does that change when I make a tincture? And uh, so I got a a pretty good uh, intuitive understanding of, uh, uh, of single herbs by doing that over the course of about five years with uh, 300 plants or so. And uh, um, so formulating kind of morphed for me because uh, I could see the key herbs, the supporting herbs, the balancers, the catalyst, but they um, they started taking colors uh, kind of corresponding with their energetic actions. And yeah. so – a good formula to me, and it's kind of a weird way to think about it, but a good formula is one where the colors meld and like perfectly match and oppose the issue going on with the client. Oh, that makes uh, a lot of sense. Not to me. That's I need more explanation. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the visual learners understanding, <laughs> and I am yeah. not a visual. So help me out here. Help me out. Training wheels oh. for Sue. Okay, so um, uh, what's your favorite dish to cook, Sue? When I don't have to cook? Uh, let's see. I think I like... How about japchae? Uh, well, I like that. I like the enchiladas. I think that oh, one's a one. is satisfying. Yeah. It's satisfying. Okay. So mm-hmm. when you first started making uh, enchiladas and you were like seasoning uh, whatever protein bean or beef or whatever you were using uh, um did you start out with like a basic understanding of salt pepper cumin things like that uh like how they how yeah when i first started about 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 how much you would need to put in sure sure by taste yeah yeah and then and then you taste it and you're like oh not quite enough and Mm -hmm. uh, then you put a little bit more i bet now when you go to make it you uh, can probably make it without tasting it, and it's just as delicious because you just have gotten used to how much to put in, how everything balances each other out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes so, by the smell, or I guess by oh, that that that's starting to look that color. Is mm-hmm. that what you're saying? Like, yeah, it's that's starting to get that look to it. Yeah, so I think that um, like formulating is much like cooking there you you need to have uh, an understanding of uh, the individual ingredients like if you never just taste you know, took a pinch of cumin and put it in your mouth mm-hmm. how are you going to understand how it works in a dish so right. like there's that single ingredient understanding that needs to happen and then uh, starting out with a basic formula uh you know like a recipe mm-hmm. is a good good thing and ratios yeah, ratios. Yeah, and which is a recipe. Then you have to – a recipe. Then you have to taste it and then you adjust things and you tweak things. And eventually, even without tasting it, you just like intuitively know, oh, that's about a month. That's, that's enough. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, so formulating for me is uh, – uh, and you're right. Like 
I'm such a visual person. I would see weird colors when I think of herbs. Um, but it's, mm-hmm. it's about understanding the single, uh, ingredients. It's about, uh, understanding what action you're trying to have, which is not really formulation, but like the whole other part of herbalism. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then it's about tasting and experimenting and, uh, getting to the point where, you don't have to look at the recipe. You can just add a pinch of this and a dash of that and know by the taste, by how you feel, by how it looks, that it's the right formula. Mm-hmm. And but, I know yeah. sometimes I'll change what I'm making a little bit because I know the other things that are going with it. So sometimes yeah. it, it needs to be a stronger flavor because some of the other stuff is going to be a little bland or like it's just going to have a... Sh- little slab of brown rice on the side or that might mm-hmm. dilute that flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I think formulation is, uh, is just like cooking, you know, it re- yeah. it requires experimentation and it requires, I think most importantly tasting. Um, I have, uh, uh, been to other herb schools and set in on clinics. And, uh, I remember doing this, uh, in Texas one time, and uh, the the students, you know, had put together a formula for a client and said, well, how does this look? And I said, oh, it looks fine. And they said, how much do we give? And I said, I have no idea. Like, I've not <laughs> tasted those. Uh, I've not tasted the tinctures that you made the formula from. So taste the formula and uh, tell me what you think. And they tasted it and, and they said, oh, that's that's pretty strong tasting. And I tasted it and said, yeah, that is pretty strong tasting. So maybe not quite as much as you would use if it were weak tasting. Now, go from there and figure out the dose. Mm-hmm. So like getting the the somatic experience, mm-hmm. I guess I would say, of uh, the individual plants. And then uh, every time you make medicine, every time you formulate, taste it. Even if it's not for a problem that you have, if you're doing mm-hmm. it for a client, like just taste it and get to know how that feels in your body so that you can uh, more um, intuitively understand how it would act in somebody else's body. Now a word from our sponsor. Hunter Creation is a full-service graphic design studio. They offer design for print like business cards, brochures, and large format banners. They also offer design for web specializing in self-hosted WordPress sites, e-commerce, and single splash pages. To top it all off, they can get just about anything printed for you at amazing prices, whether or not they do the design work. Visit their site at huntercreation.com for more information. Mm. Yeah, see, for me, that makes perfect sense in part because I tend to feel a lot of what's going on with other people. So Mm -hmm. if I'm holding it and, you know, I'll take just a drop or two of it, It'll alter how my body feels, so I know that's the action the other person's body will then have. Yeah. And if you just sit sit with it for a moment, you can feel how lasting that alteration is. Sometimes it alters very briefly and then goes back. Other mm-hmm. times it'll alter like almost like dipping, and then it comes up into a stronger action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. hard to explain. <laughs> so. it- it is hard to explain. I think it is explainable, but it's a difficult concept if you're talking to somebody that hasn't sat down with a plant and hasn't like tasted and felt the action. So like if you're totally new to herbalism, this is like a crazy out there concept. But I think that 
I was going to say, if you tend to rely more on like the scientific understanding of what each one's doing Mm -hmm. rather than Mm -hmm. using your senses, you know, more intellectual approach. Well, in our clinic, we have a lot of donated medicine. So Mm -hmm. we're not making it all ourselves. So there's not a standardized, oh, this this year we're going to be using Gaia's whatever, uh, Mm -hmm. stone root or whatever for this particular condition. And this is how it tastes. So. We're not going to yeah. be opening individual bottles, <laughs> so right. we don't have. I mean, that would be that would be problematic. So we don't have that for the patients, but for ourselves mm-hmm. at our home, it's a little bit different. Yeah, you know, if you're making things yourself, you've got more control over it. And I know I I, I like adding stuff when I feel like a tincture comes out a little weaker or. I don't like the color on it. It seems like it needs more flavonoids and I can add some of the dry to it. Yeah. Or, you know, you can just adjust your dose. Like some years, the plants that I pick from the same place and turn into medicines just aren't as strong as other years. Yeah. And I taste it and I'm like, yeah, I taste it. And um, oh, that's like 10% weaker. I'm going to increase the dose by 10%, you know? Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So So you've got a new online course that's out. It's called the art and science of plant medicine making. Yes. um, uh, I'm really excited about this. It kind of uh, is uh, building on uh, what we do in the book. That's what I, yes. I was going to ask, is it, is it paired with the book? It's paired, (laughs) it's paired with the book. Yep. So the book's not required, but it's strongly suggested for doing the course. And, uh, you know, I reference page numbers in the book because I'm not going to like sit down and completely rewrite the exact same thing I've already said to do it in an online course. Um, but, (laughs) but for, um, for visual learners, uh, who, uh, maybe, um, you know, read the book and didn't understand the concept or there are a lot of things that I didn't get to include in the book um, that I wanted to that just like for space's sake and some things I just couldn't figure out a good way to say it, you know, like the soleil um, extraction process. I mean, yeah, you, well, you explain it well, but it's very hard to visualize it. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. So the, um, Soxlet extraction has been soxlet. I totally mispronounced it. That's okay. I, well, you said it the French way. It's very I, classic. I might have been mispronouncing it. It might actually be the way that you said it, but I'm you know, pronunciation is not something that us Alabamians are particularly <laughs> known for. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's been a, a really fascinating process, and it, it turns out that soxlet extraction uh, dates back to like the 1860s. And, uh, um, you know, we, we think about, or at least I think about the heyday of herbal medicine making. And, uh, there was this, um, pharmacist, John Uri Boyd, uh, who was actually president of the American pharmaceutical association for 30 years, uh, and is, uh, considered to be one of the best like organic chemist pharmacists, pharmacist ever. And uh, uh, one of the reasons that eclectic medicine went from almost, you know, defunct and extinct to uh, comprising uh, almost a third of all medical practitioners in the country between 1860 and 1930 
was uh, John Uri Lloyd made uh, like really, really freaking potent medicine. Nice. And uh, so the, the herbs that the eclectic physicians were using all came from, not all, but a lot came from Lloyd Brothers Pharmacy uh, in Ohio who used uh, a what I would consider to be a modified Soxlid extractor. He called it a Lloyd cold distiller. And the concept was the same. It's a continual percolation uh, made by evaporating, condensing alcohol and dripping it through your plant material until the plant material is fully exhausted of constituents. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Lloyd cold distiller had uh, a little bit different setup than a Soxlet in that it kept the minstrum cool, except for the top layer. He passed uh, uh, pipes right at the very top layer, like through the, uh, the minstrum and then ran steam through the pipes to evaporate just the top layer of alcohol while keeping uh, all of the heat labile constituents cool with a fan. But what the the machine that he made was like you know two stories tall and there's still a couple in existence (laughs) um and uh, you can get almost the same thing or you can you can get the exact same results uh with a soxlid extractor that you can buy off of ebay for 90 bucks that will fit on your table and uh, and it will fit on your table. You don't have to have a separate nice. house for it. There you yeah. go. I like that. So the only the, the benefit to the Lloyd Cold Distiller is that you know some compounds uh, don't do well with heat, mm-hmm, uh, right. and uh, so you know for certain plants a Soxlet wouldn't work. But I found that the aromatic uh, rich plants uh, containing lots of volatile oils, a Soxlet extractor using the same percentage of alcohol and the same ratio of, uh, of plant material to minstrum makes extracts that are somewhere in my mind between four and 10 times stronger. Wow. Because it's completely exhausting the plant, not just of the volatiles, but of the fixed oils too. So like my lavender soxlid extract is uh, almost creamy oily in the mouth. Uh, as opposed to a standard uh, maceration or percolation. So you ask about the medicine making series. Uh Yeah. (laughs) To to come back to that point is uh, uh, I've been shooting videos uh, on uh, step-by-step how to do all of these things. uh, And uh, um, there are uh, other really good medicine making online courses out there. I love uh, Juliet Blankenspor's uh, medicine making course and Sam Kaufman has a really good course and both Juliet and Sam are friends of mine and I really didn't want to step on their toes and offer a medicine making course. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm focusing in on the, the more complex components of medicine making that they don't cover and I also am doing about equal parts formulation with the medicine making classes. So you'll learn how to make, uh, how to set up a Soxlet extractor um, in one series of videos. And then the next series of videos, we'll talk about using uh, volatile rich plants extracted with the Soxlet method to uh, formulate nerving uh, compounds and uh, nerving formulas. And so, you know, I'll talk about how you can take a 
uh, a key herb like uh, lavender and, uh, you know, complement that with a, a standard fresh plant maceration of a skullcap as a supporting herb and, uh, you know, then mix in a little bit of a catalyst like lobelia, which is a really underutilized nervine, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I'm going through and talking about formulation for most of the major body systems uh, while I'm also teaching uh, uh, the advanced medicine making techniques. And so the, the okay. art side is the formulation and the science side is the plant extraction. Nice. Oh, so wow. how, how does, how does one get one's hands on this amazing course? Cause this sounds really good. Yeah. So you can go to the school website, eclectic school of herbal medicine.com and uh, uh, a little pop-up screen will say, uh, you know, I give the information about our medicine making course and, uh, um, the course launches uh, Monday yes. with the uh, six videos, and then you get one to two videos a week for the next 11 months. It's a total of I, I'm at 73 videos right now, and uh, I keep thinking of new things to add. So, <laughs> and off we go. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how many videos it winds up being. Uh, but um, yeah, lots of hours of, of medicine making. And I do, you know, like, I value people's time. So uh, we uh, do some editing to take out like the two minutes of mixing that you would normally have mm-hmm. to do. And sure. so our average video length winds up being somewhere between 15 and 30 minutes, um, you know, once a week for the next 11 months. And we've got a little online community for students where you can talk about formulation and uh, medicine making and uh, share tips and tricks. And uh, uh, it's it's been a lot of fun putting this together. So I'm I'm excited about it. I'm very excited about that. And you have a special coupon code for our listeners for this week only, right? I do. Yeah. February thirteenth so, through seventeenth of yep. two thousand seventeen. Yep. February thirteenth through the seventeenth. Uh, if you uh, type in RHR twenty five, you get twenty five percent off of the entire course. Um, I have not calculated out what that is, but the uh, we do have uh, monthly payment plans and uh, upfront pricing for the whole course, and you get 25% off of either of those. Nice. Sweet. Well, so you guys clean. out there, you want to get over to eclecticschoolofherbalism.com. Eclectic School of Herbal Medicine. Thank you. Herbal Medicine. Eclectic School of Herbal Medicine.com. Links will also be in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And you want to use the coupon code RHR25 to get in on the art and science of plant medicine making. You know, it's a funny coincidence because RHR stands for Real Herbalism Radio. Yes. Coincidence or fate? I wonder. Hmm. <laughs> well, thank you so much, yeah, Thomas, for joining from? us on our little journey through the land of uh, Thomas Easley's brain. And congratulations (laughs) again on the publication and success, tremendous success of the Modern Herbal Dispensary, a medicine-making guide. Is there... Thank you. How do you prefer people get a hold of you? Through your um, website? Yep, through the website is fine. Nice. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, People can also... Uh, check our show notes on Practical Herbalist 
for information that we've covered here. And always keep in mind, we have a Facebook page and we put stuff up. We've already put a video up uh, a little while ago to get people used to the idea that uh, Mr. Thomas is out there spreading the good word of herbal healing. And please also check out our Twitter feed. And we have other social media like Instagram and Pinterest. And what other kind of deeds are we doing these days? Don't forget the, the club. The club. Oh, how could I forget the yeah. club? Herbal Nerd Society. Easy to join. That's Doesn't right. Cost a lot per month. That's I right. want to be a member. Oh, I'm an I'm an herbal nerd. <laughs> awesome. See, join. You'll be in awesome company. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. We. In fact, you mentioned lavender, and coincidentally, February is our. Our month that we're focusing on lavender. Yep. Yeah. So I shall send you some Soxlet extract of lavender then. Oh, that oh. would be such a gift. Oh, oh, thank you. Oh, that's really nice. Oh, thank you, Thomas. Well, well thank this you has so been very wonderful. much. Thank yeah, you. Thank for, you all. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. 